0: Uh, smile at the other person on the other side if you haven't smiled at them tonight and uh, say a nice thing to them that'd be good (laughs) hey thanks team appreciate you guys I want to just turn your attention to a verse in the Bible, which is always a good place to start when you're in a church, isn't it? Uh, it's one of those uh, books that we don't always read too often, but uh, has incredible principle and truth in it about life and about your life tonight. Particularly where you're at right now tonight. And I can say that with confidence because I find that the Bible is so relevant to where we, fa- where we live and where we're at and what the situations we face. And It's a, it's a book in the Old Testament part of the Bible called Lamentations. It's probably a book that we don't read every day of the, of the week, but it's a book that's there. And it says in Lamentations chapter 3... And verse 22 and 23, just one verse, or two verses. And it says this, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, um, uh, because His compassion fails not. They are new every morning. What's new every morning? His uh, mercies are new every morning. Uh, incredible. Uh, great. Uh, gr- and then it, it ends the verse in verse 23. It says, Great is your faithfulness. There's a, I think there's a couple songs about that, isn't it? Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. You know, and as you look at this verse, I'm not quite sure of your concept of maybe where God where God is or what God's like or how God treats you or how he doesn't treat you or how he should treat you. I'm not quite sure. We've all probably got opinions sometimes based upon what other people have done to us in life and what we think God is. But I want to tell you tonight that the truth is, is God is incredibly faithful and merciful. God is incredibly faithful. And maybe, maybe you've seen, you think, well, God, where are you in the difficult times? like we've been singing that song tonight uh, you know but the truth is as that song declares that person in the fire it's him it's him with us and in the water he holds back the sea he is faithful to us he's a God of faithfulness not a God that kind of at the at the, at the most at the difficult times of our life he's just he runs away he doesn't run away sometimes we want to run away don't we we want to run away from all the situations and circumstances and get me out of this mess but you know i find that those are the times when in actual fact god is there all the time god's god's unchanging You know, he doesn't wake up in the morning, not that God wakes up, he's always awake like us, but he doesn't make a decision, oh, shall I bother with those humans on earth or not? No, he's always available, always faithful to us. And I want to tell you that's pretty powerful because there's not many things as faithful as that. Maybe you have a family member who's pretty faithful. Maybe you have a wife or a husband that's pretty faithful, and that's fantastic. Have a good. Maybe you've got a good friend who's faithful. Maybe you've got a teacher who's been very faithful to you and helping you through. Uh, maybe whatever it may be, but I want to tell you, God is closer than it says. He's closer than even a brother. He's closer. He's very faithful. A faithful God that we serve, and it says here that His His faithfulness is not just faithful, but he's incredible. He's got great faithfulness great faithfulness it means and you know what that means abundant and plentiful a plentiful supply of it in other words he's not going to run out he's not up for review God's not up for review because he never has to be reviewed he's always got the same amount of love and faithfulness and mercy towards us he's never lacking you know you won't find him grumpy he's just going to be consistent constant faithful to us um, which is wonderful and there's not many people like that in life that are that incredible but God is God is God is Faithfulness means here to be unchangingly fixed. Think about that. Unchangingly fixed. There's not many things in our lives that are unchangingly fixed. Who knows that every day things change around us? Every day things change, life changes. Um, everything about us you know the truth is uh, our lives are not fixed they're always changing you're getting older every second of the tick of the clock tonight did you know you'll be older than when you when you walk out that door tonight than when you walked in do you know that I think you understand that it's inevitable that we're going to get older it's inevitable that we have to sometimes retire or there'll be a changing of jobs in our lifetime there'll be things that change isn't there it's inevitable that it's going to rain sometimes on your party Wish you didn't, but the things don't go all the plans sometimes. The best made plans will not happen as you thought. It's inevitable. And all these things are things that'll happen. But I want to tell you what is another inevitable thing tonight. It's inevitable that God will still be faithful. It's inevitable. It's gonna be happen. It's not like you've got to wake up in the morning and say, Oh, I wonder if God's going to be good to me today or not. No, no. God always wants to be there, unchangingly fixed, faithful, uh, stable, abundantly supply. That's the kind of God we serve. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe you've never tested him or tried him in that. But I'm going to tell you he is. Um, there's a guy in the Bible called David. Some of us may be aware of him. And David was a young man. His life story is just displayed in one second, First and Second Samuel of the Old Testament part of the Bible. And if you were to read through there, you'll see his life story started as a young man and then you know, was anointed to be the king of Israel. He was one of the great kings of Israel. And, and but it, before he became king, he had some incredibly painful times in life. He was married to a young lady called Michael, and, and uh, she was the, the present king's daughter, Saul's daughter. And you know, in, in the prime of their marriage, she was taken from him and, and given to another man. How would you be like that? The love of your life that someone rips her away, gives it to another man. That would be a painful experience, I gather, for David. And not only that, David was falsely accused. He was falsely accused for many things he didn't do, and, and men wanted to murder him for that. And for 10 years, 10 years before he ever became king of Israel, uh, he, was, uh, he was hunted like an animal and chased down. And it, it, Some of us know the story, but it's, it, it's good just to remind us and reflect upon the way poor David's life and the, and the accusations. I don't know, maybe you're here tonight and there's been false accusation against your life. But you know, after all those things happened, David wrote this down, and it was recorded in the Bible in a book called Psalms, in verse 37 verse three. It says this: "Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, and what? Feed on His faithfulness. Feed on His faithfulness." I, I love that um, incredible, powerful thought here. In all the terrible things that had to David happened to David, he could still say this. You know what? Trust in the Lord. Do good, dwell in the land, and feed on his faithfulness. Why did David say, feed on his faithfulness? That sounds like a strange thing. It's not a literal food. Faithfulness is not a physical thing you can put on a plate, cut up and put it in, consume it into your body. No, but what faithfulness done for David was he? it sustained him in the difficult times. Sustained him in here. Because we have an outer person, but we've got an inner spirit, haven't we? And if I know one thing, the faithfulness for David, it, it fed his heart with hope and peace and joy and strength in the midst of a difficult time time in life. And I wonder if we're willing to give God a go and reach out to him and say, God, I need your faithfulness. I need that peace and joy and hope. And I need to feed on you. I need to feed on the reality of your faithfulness in my life and remind myself again and again, you know, every day. So if we were to look at God's faithfulness, we could ask the question, where is God particularly faithful to us? Where is God faithful? Is there any specific areas of our existence that he promises to be faithful in and I found several in the Bible and that God is incredibly faithful and one of the things that I find and let's just start with let me just give you three of them tonight but one of the things that I find that he's incredibly faithful is is because there's things that you and I face every day we live see we sang a song tonight and said, holy is the Lord. And you know, God wants us to be holy as well. He wants us to live blameless lives. He wants us to live a life that's a good life. And, and, uh, but you know what? You and I know we're going to wake up tomorrow morning and live in a world that is not holy. And it doesn't have it all perfect. And we're not perfect either. And you know, in that life, we can sometimes get, want to get dragged into the world and its ways which are not good for us. And the way we get dragged in is through this thing called temptation. But I find that our God can be incredibly faithful to us to help us face the temptations of this world. Here's a verse in the Bible, 1 Corinthians ten thirteen: No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man or woman. But God is faithful who will um, not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also make... Uh, a way so that He will also provide or make a way out so you can endure it or you can be able to bear it. You know, God is faithful in the, in the areas of just temptation. You know, I don't know what temptations you face, but I think we all face them at times. For some of us, it might be the extra slice of cheesecake we just don't need. You know, that temptation. Or oh, maybe the temptation is to look at stuff that we just don't need to look at. Maybe the temptation is to indulge in something we shouldn't indulge in. Or maybe the temptation is to think thoughts that we just know we don't need to go there with our thoughts. I don't know. Maybe tonight uh, we just need to be careful. And, and I find the interesting thing about temptation, um, when we're tempted... The means to 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 be involved in something can be seen to be so readily available. <laughs> so readily about, wow, all of a sudden there's a temptation and you can get sucked into it. And you've got to be so careful, and we can indulge. And I find that temptation has the potential to destroy our lives. Not temptation, but going further than that and indulging in that, what, what tempts us. You know, um, Maybe maybe just some examples I wrote down I said maybe it's the young man who wants to stay away from drugs as he knows to go back there will bring him send him on a Dan will spiral again. Or maybe it's the employee who has so many financial debts and could so easily fix the books and no one would notice, and just start to, you know, uh, uh, filter the money off into his account. That's a temptation. Or maybe maybe the young man or young woman is under pressure to sleep with the their boyfriend or girlfriend, and they know it's it, it, they'll regret that, and they know it's not a good thing. But there's a temptation. There's a pressure on their lives. Or maybe there's the divorced uh, woman or the divorced male who's constantly tempted to just have another drink. To fulfill, to sorry, to dull the pain and the hurt of that breakup or his breakup, and many things can face people. But temptation is—it seems to be opportunity all the time, doesn't it? And this world, um, it, it can be a uh, constant source. But you know what God says? I can be faithful to you in the midst of it. He says, "I, th- th- I give you a way of escape that you can bear up under it." And you know what? You've got to want that. I've discovered, you know, you can read a verse like that and say, well, that's nice. God's going to help me. But you've got, to, you've got to apply that verse. You've got to reach out and say, God, that's for me. I want your presence. I want your strength in those times in temptation. But you know, the great thing about it, in the midst of that temptation, that's where God is incredibly faithful. Faithful to us. To say, yeah, I can be there for you. I can help you to say no to that. I can give you some strength in that. And we've got to be careful. You know, I was uh, I was just reading an example of. There's a, there's a guy called Bobby Leach. Bobby Leach um, it was a bit of a um, he was a bit of a thrill seeker. And there's a place called Niagara Falls in America. It's a very high falls over a 100 meter drop. And Bobby Leach jumped in a, in a barrel one day back in the 60s, and he went over the falls in the barrel just to prove he could do it. Incredibly dangerous act. Do you know what? He came through unscathed, miraculously didn't even get a scratch, amazingly. And yet, you know, within days he was walking down the street of his city and he slipped on an orange peel and fractured a bone in his leg. And they took him off to the hospital. And the moral of the story is this. You know, I find the enemy doesn't want to confront us so much front on and try and attack us. But it's the little things that can sometimes take us out and we've got to continually guard our heart. And it's in the little things that God says, I want to just be faithful with you. I want to be there for you. It's not the sometimes the big things of life, like going over Niagara Falls. We seem to get, you know, that's fine. But just the little things that like sneak into our life and just want to tempt us. And God says, you know, I can be faithful to help you overcome that. Um, that's how faithful our God is. Um, here's another thing about God's faithfulness He's unchangingly fixed in this area, faithful to us. And you know what it is? To forgive us. To forgive us. 1 John 1 9 says this. If we confess our sins, come on. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from rot, all unrighteousness. What an incredibly faithful God. He is faithful and just. You might say, was well, that really important? Does that really matter? I tell you what, it matters a lot because there's one thing for all of us tonight that we want to know is none of us want to live in sin that creates shame and heartache and, uh, and, and that area of feeling guilt. We all want to live free of guilt and shame. Not one of us want to live in that realm. Uh, it's not a nice place to be, feeling guilty and shame for things that, is, uh, that have happened in our lives. And, and we have a God that says he is faithful to forgive all our sins and cleanse us. He's faithful. I need his forgiveness. You might say, well, I don't need any forgiveness. I've been a pretty good person. Oh, that's wonderful. But you know what? The reality is we're not perfect, are we? There's always little things in life. that. And where do we take that? Where do we take that? We just bury it? We could bury that that sin and just say, oh, I'm not going to think about it. But you know what? It, it wants to raise its ugly head sometimes. But we have a heavenly father that we can come to and say, God, I am sorry. And I'm thankful that he sent his son, Jesus Christ. We've been singing about him tonight. And Jesus, of course, it says, because the Old Testament system or the, the, the world system of the day was the deal with sin this way, was to bring an animal sacrifice and to shed the blood of an animal and you could be forgiven for your sin. Jesus says once and for all, no more animal sacrifices i'll be the sacrifice once and for all i'll be that lamb and jesus of course died and that easter what we call easter died on the cross and then of course it says he rose again victorious for us so that we could live victorious and through jesus we can be forgiven for our sin and i'm so thankful that he's faithful god is faithful and it just isn't a once-off thing it just wasn't god saying well jesus has done it once no jesus done it for all time he did it for all time we can be forgiven and we can be forgiven and we can be forgiven and we can be free from guilt, we can be free from the, sh- the, from the shame of those things because they can eat away at our emotional being. And we can be, you know, I wouldn't be here today if I wasn't free from the terrible guilt and shame of some of my failures. And maybe all of us could, could understand that. The, the, there was a documented story. Um, in, a, uh, in America there's a university, it was a hospital apartment of a university and there was a, a Christian psychiatrist um, named Bill Wilson and one of his patients uh, was a Vietnam veteran, American Vietnam veteran and he, he, he was in hospital, um, this is in the you know, after the Vietnam War in the 70s, 60s and 70s and he'd been in the hospital for for a year or so and all the staff could see quite clearly that, that this uh, poor veteran, was um, his sickness was related to the fact that he couldn't forgive himself because when he was in Vietnam, he had actually been involved and been responsible for, the, for many people dying. And, and, and it wasn't something he wished on anybody. It didn't mean, but it happened. And, and so he felt so guilty and shameful. And this Christian psychiatrist, Bill Wilson, came up to him and sat on the end of his bed one day. And he said, Sir, you need to know something. You need to know that you are forgiven for what you, what, you, what you hold in your heart. You're forgiven for all those atrocities in Vietnam. And, and, he, and the man all of a sudden sat up and he says, what did you say? He said, I've just come to tell you through Jesus Christ, you can be forgiven for everything that you've ever done wrong in your past. And do you know it's documented that after he'd been, he'd been there for a year, from that moment, from that from that. Um, discussion that happened. that man, it says, within a month, was walked out of that hospital and went on to live a whole and healthy life. How powerful is forgiveness as he come to understand what Jesus Christ had done for him? And you know, many of us can probably testify to that of the lord's forgiveness and mercy. And you know what the Bible says he 's faithful. It's just, you know, you might say, oh yeah, but I've blown again, I've blown again, and I've done it again, and I've done it again, and I've done it again. And I want to get off this merry-go-round. I understand that. But you know, every time we come to the, our Heavenly Father, He says, you can be forgiven. All it takes is a sincerity in our hearts, and a sincerity to say, Father, forgive me. I've done it again, and I just need your help and forgiveness and mercy. And I'm thankful for a God like that, um, that is so faithful. And the verse actually says... The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that wonderful that He cleanses us? As we come to Him, sin and confess our sins? He can cleanse. There's no sin that is too bad or too far from you. There's no sin that it's taken you too far from God. There's no sin that will, will take you too far from His presence. I tell you what, we can ask for forgiveness and we can be drawn closer to Him again. That's the faithfulness of our God. And, and it says He can cleanse us. Interesting terminology if it, the truth is if sins were um sins forgiven means we are cleansed if sin didn't, wasn't it, it wouldn't we wouldn't say cleansing if sin didn't dirty our lives because that's exactly what sin does it dirties our life and uh and sin um it, it creates as i said shame and guilt and bad attitudes and frustrations and regrets and anger and emotions that we don't need and so we we need to see through jesus that we can be cleansed from that we can be white Again, we can be washed in a sense. I remember as a young man, as an 18-year-old, I was doing some studies in Brisbane. I was living in a boarding house when I was in Brisbane for a season of study. And um, I was a typical 18-year-old. I gathered all my... uh, during the day I was working and studying at night and I gathered all my clothes in a bundle after the week and I threw them in a bundle into the washing machine and I just kind of threw some washing powder. I didn't know how to do washing and I and, uh, and I turned the washing machine on. I come back in an hour and I pulled it out and it was still in a tight little bundle and I, as I pulled it out I realized all the outside of the clothes were clean but as I kind of unknotted the mess I realized the water hadn't penetrated into the middle it was still filthy and dirty and greasy and I thought what is the use of washing machines? It's A useless thing, and then I realized you actually got to put the clothes in one at a time and not leave them in a tight not bundled. There's a good, um, a good tip for young guys here who live them by themselves. But you know, the moral of the story is don't keep your sins so tight and little bundles, and never let God cleanse you and allow the laundry of your life to be individually washed. We've got to, we've got to allow God, we have to confess this sin, not bundle it up. Otherwise, we'll, we'll live a life that's always feeling just that little bit not right, that little bit dirty. But it's through Jesus we can know that cleansing feeling and that forgiveness. And he says he's faithful. He's faithful. And I've discovered that if we confess our sins, you know the word confess, it means this, to agree. It simply means if we confess our sins or we agree. Who are we agreeing with? We're agreeing with God. We're saying, God, I agree. It's wrong. And I'm sorry for what I've done. And what we're doing is we're being vulnerable and we're being open to God and we're humbling ourselves and saying, Father, I just come and and, and show you. I want to walk in light because anything that's hidden from God lets us keep on walking in darkness. We don't need to walk in that. We need to walk in truth and light through Jesus and know his mercy and forgiveness and and that's what I find if we confess or we agree with God because sometimes we, you know we don't literally say I don't agree with you God but we could just kind of hide our, our little things that we want to kind of nurture and say oh, I like, it makes me feel good to have this little thing in my life this little sin or this little attitude or this little unforgiveness whatever it is that's not right But God says, would you just expose it and you tell me about it and and repent of it? And, And I can help you walk in more freedom and peace and joy and wholeness and not in darkness. But we've got to confess it. We've got to agree with what God can see already. It takes a humbling of our hearts to do that. And so God is unchangingly fixed in the area of forgiveness. He's faithful. Here is the other thing, the last thing that I find that God is unchangingly fixed. He's willing to be faithful to you. And here's the verse, 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Isn't that a great verse? It does, it's very small, but it says a lot. Because it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. What's he saying? God's saying, I can't deny that my own creation. I, I, he created us. Praise God, we didn't develop from some... You know, uh, some amphibian or some monkey swinging in a tree no god created us we're a creation created being aren't we god's created us with an intelligent he's an intelligent design and you're an intelligent person and so we see god in that scripture god says i can't deny my creation even though they're faithless to me even though they may turn their back on me i will never turn my back on them i'll always be there knocking on the door of their heart saying could you could you open the door to your heart let me in I love that, that simple thought. That God will not deny us. And you know, even when we have times when we struggle with our faith, we struggle with our belief, and we struggle with our, our saying, Oh God, are you really there? Or what are you doing? He, he is never, he never uh, is faithless to us. He's always present, always available. He will wait patiently patiently for us again to acknowledge him and draw near to him and God doesn't cast us off and turn his back on us at our moment of doubts and despair he is always there he's just a prayer away he's only a moment away an instant away and I think what an incredible God Uh, there there was a guy in the Bible called Jonah some of you might know the story Um, Jonah in the whale he got swallowed by well it wasn't a whale it was a fish the Bible says but he turned his back on God his initial response to God was he turned his back on God and said, God, I'm not going to do what you ask me to do. I, got, I, I don't want to do that. And he, he tried to go the other direction away from what God wanted him to go. And yet in his darkest hour, in his life and death situation, God still remembered Jonah and rescued Jonah through the fish who swallowed him and then brought him to land and spat him out and gave him another chance. I'm just thankful. You know, uh, um, and as we had heard the, uh, several weeks ago, Pastor Steve Kennedy preached, you know, God's not the God of the second chance. There's no second chances with God. I love that thought. He just continually gives you chances all the time. He just continually rolls out the chances. I don't know if the second, third, fourth or the hundredth chance. He is always willing to give you a chance. It's not about the second or third chance. It's just about full stop. I want to continually provide and be there faithful to you. And I suppose this message is a bit like that one. God, is he can't deny us, even when we're faithless to him. Got no faith, no commitment to him. He's there. So tonight, I want to challenge I just want the team to come back tonight. If you could, that'd be great, guys. I wonder where tonight you may stand with our God. He is faithful. You know, he'll be faithful from the point that you're conceived to the point that you breathe your last breath. Aren't you glad about that? And as we yield our life to him, And give our heart to Him. He continually says He'll go before us. We don't always get life right, you know, but I tell you what, He can help us to live life as well as as good as possible because He's got the best for us. So tonight, as we just um, come, I just want us to stand together. God is incredibly, what is God? He is what? Faithful. That's what I saying. He's what? He's faithful. Faithful. He's, he's unchangingly fixed. Unchangingly fixed. Some of us maybe can struggle with that. You know why we struggle with it? Because we've never had anything that faithful to us in our life. Maybe, you know, in our life, we've never had. Constance. we've never had things that are, that are just solid maybe we've never had parents that have really been there maybe we've never had friends that have really been there and sometimes our interpretation then of God is that God how could he ever be faithful because I've never known anything that's faithful really to me I want to tell you that God is not like anything this world offers the world can't give what God can give and the world certainly won't take it away the world won't take it away and so before we sing this song tonight, could I just ask you just for a moment to close your eyes? I just want to ask you a question. If you were here tonight, you know, the Bible actually just says this. It says that we can actually start to know of his faithfulness. But the first step is that we commit our life to Jesus Christ. Re- receive and accept what he's done for us. In that he's, he died on a cross. He, he, he defeated death and rose again. And then he made himself available to be the person um, that we could receive forgiveness for life, for our sins. As we come to him and commit our life to him. He doesn't demand of us. He, he offers it to us. It's a gift of salvation. He's not going to knock your door down and say, you've got to you know, do this and this for me. No, he's going to knock on the door of your heart. You've got to open the door. And maybe you're here tonight and you've never opened the door to Jesus Never open the door in any way. You've never, it actually says, if even if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart, we can know His saving grace and love. And tonight I just want to give that opportunity for us. And where you are tonight, where you're sitting in this seat, maybe for the very first time you need to say yes to Jesus, or maybe again you need to say yes to Jesus. And you know what you can do tonight? I'd love it. You've got to have a response because I can't see your heart. You've got to respond some way. So the way that you could respond tonight is just lift your hand. I'll see that hand. You can put it down. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. You put it down. You're saying, and behind your hand is, is saying, God, I just want to respond to him and put him first in my life. Is there anybody else? Already a couple of people have responded. Is there anybody else? Did I just say, just lift your hand. I'll see it. Because say include me in this prayer tonight. Include me in this prayer. It's it, it's you reaching out to God. Cool. Anybody else? Just a couple to. us brilliant. Just a, even if it's just one, it'd be amazing. But a couple of people have responded because they want to say yes to Jesus. Okay. How about we just pray a prayer? I tell you, for those. T- Those couple of precious people have just put their hands up. How about you repeat this prayer after me? Uh, This is the simplest way we could do it. It It makes it easy, but you've got to make it your own. And I tell you what, we'll all join together. Is that cool? Church, let's pray this prayer. Make it your own in your response to Jesus Christ. Let's pray right now, out loud. Heavenly Father, I come to you as I am. And I thank you that you accept me. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross so that I could be forgiven for my sin. Right now, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart what you've done for me, God, through Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you accept me as your child. As I commit my life to you, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I pray tonight for those who have raised their hand, that this wouldn't be, be some little nice thing we do or ritual, but there would be a, a Holy Spirit that you would quicken something to their hearts and lives. And it would be, uh, uh, Father, that would ch- if you just touch, so touch their life, a revelation of your incredible love and faithfulness to them. And Father, I pray that you would strengthen them and help them, Holy Spirit. And that, Father, I thank you that you would not let them go, but you'd put your hands around them, and that would be ever so aware that you have an incredible love and, and care and mercy towards them. Father, I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's just for a moment just sing this song tonight. It's a beautiful song. Thanks, team.